I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week, I am very excited for us to start a brand new arc looking at the Girls of Kung Fu 2, because that was the second arc that we ever did, was looking at the the Ladies of Kung Fu and more female-led movies, because it's definitely a it's definitely a dude fest for most Kung Fu movies, so <laughs> it's awesome to get a little, uh, little estrogen in there. And... We have a very exciting guest this week, who is Diana Goodman of the 302010 podcast and the Laser Time crew. So thank you so much for joining us, Diana. Hello. No, I am I am happy to be here. You guys reached out ages ago saying, hey, do you, you want to come on? And I'm like, I, uh, I feel like I don't know enough. Like I'm not an expert on Asian cinema. I, I know more than your average bear, but not so much. So I... That's why I pushed to talk about this movie in particular, because it's like, <laughs> what can I bring to the table? Feminism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're so glad that you did, because honestly, this is one of the most delightful kung fu films of the 90s or the mm-hmm. late 20th century, I guess, if you mm-hmm. expand it out. And so, yeah, we're super excited to dive into Wing yeah. Chun. If for anyone not familiar with Diana, her kind of whole specialty almost is classic movies. Yeah. So like you're, you know, from... I guess kind of from 1980 back and like because you Ugh. you honestly God talked about a movie that was 100 years old that you were recommending which is yeah like, whoa that's wild yeah well I mean it's it's crazy to think that yeah cinema is more than 100 years old mm-hmm. and it developed so quickly that yeah. yeah you can find movies from 1918 1915 that are like, oh yeah, I can watch this. I mean, yeah, I think the the hundred year old one was Doctor uh, Cabinet of Doctor Caligari, which is oh, like sure. yeah. crazy watchable now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, nice. with or without uh, special medication. <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of its own special medication. Just watching them, because yeah, uh, now I'm remembering that Portlandia sketch where Fred's playing a character that's like recommending that movie. And it's almost like a play on the ring. Like anyone that watches it gets sort of like infected and then they have to pass on the film. Yeah. Anyways. That's, yeah. That's funny. It's like so, so many classic film fans, they just are like, oh, you haven't seen blah, blah, blah. And they get mad at people. And it's like, no, there is this whole universe yeah. of amazing film that is what brought us up to your favorite stuff of today. And mm. I feel like you're denying yourself if you ignore it. Mm-hmm. Like. Fi- no, find out fantastic. what inspires the people you love. Oh, yeah, you're talking our 100%. language here. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> the angle that we like to take with all yeah. this stuff. Um, and even I, if even if film production like stayed in kind of like a halted, frozen <laughs> state. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, none of us have enough have enough hours, you know, on the planet to watch all the films that already exist. So it's yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome pursuit. We got into the origins of film a little bit, I think, when we were talking about Bollywood film. Um, hmm. uh, something, yeah, 
I'd have to bring up my notes now. But like the Lumiere brothers uh, mm-hmm. took like some of their early films that they made and um, actually made some stops in India and that influenced uh, oh. film in India in itself. So, um, yeah, it's it's all it's all connected. You just got to yeah. find those uh, those dots to connect. Well, and it would be amazing to go back in time a little further with Hong Kong cinema and, for instance, mm-hmm. watch like the old black and white Wong Fei Hong films. It's just, unfortunately, a lot of that material is not really preserved. Um, yeah. But, I mean, which is, you know, a familiar song when it comes to classic cinema, unfortunately. There are so many movies that we've watched in this podcast where there will be, like, in the middle of the movie, it'll just cut to, like, this way worse, rougher <laughs> couple of scenes because that was the only way they had that preserved before yeah. they go back to stuff that was actually well-preserved. Well, and even there movies was, that are not that, that old that, that are completely There was that one movie that literally felt like it was about to catch on fire by the end of it. It was getting all blue yeah. and Dance grainy. Dance of the Drunk Mantis. That yeah. was the Dance of the Drunk Mantis, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the movie rules, but, but yeah. <laughs> So, Diana, can you talk to us a little bit about maybe your history with, like, action uh, kung fu films, either from Hong Kong and Asia or even from the United States? I guess, um, I mean, like, most movie nerds at some point or another, I started watching Bruce Lee films. That was probably my introduction because, like, that's the most well-known so mm-hmm. it's like oh well what's this about okay and then uh like a lot of nerds in the 90s uh i had like oh, yeah. a friend of a friend who got like a a john woo dub from somewhere <laughs> that they nice. taped off another vcr and it was like oh, the tape awesome. that got passed around <laughs> i know like uh, that was a lot of friends did that with anime too but i've never really cared for anime so i was like mm-hmm. Oh, like a super popular action movie that <laughs> the critics loved and I'll never get to see in this country. Yeah. Yes, I do want to watch this. Why is the world hiding this from me? <laughs> yes. Yeah, in some exactly. ways, those like those versions of movies, those kind of um, secret, uh, illicit um, <laughs> third generation VHS copies, like I almost like prefer watching those to like a great, you know. Criterion transfer or something. Not that we mm-hmm. get a lot of those with Hong Kong cinema, but yeah, yeah. I, I definitely there's some kind of there's there's something sort of magical about that sense of discovery. And like you're saying, Diana, like it's just incongruous. Like, how can it be that something this good is like a yeah. secret? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's it going was on? Driving me crazy. Where you hear it's like, oh, this was the most successful movie in Taiwan ever, and it made more money than any movie, ever. and it's like, well. We have people from China here in the U.S. They clearly would want to buy this, right? Like, you have a market. Why aren't we getting these things? And it's like, even going farther back, like, we have that problem even with English-speaking countries here. Like, it would take years to get (laughs) foreign films. Even Mad Max took a while to get to the U.S., even though it was oh, bigger wow. than Star Wars that. in Australia. And then when they brought it here, they redubbed everyone because they that thought so everyone was too Australian that. that we couldn't understand. We just, w- yeah, we won't make it out. Wow, that's crazy. It's yeah. funny because Mad Max, I love Mad Max to death, not known for its dialogue. <laughs> yeah. The whole point, it's like silent throughout most of the movie, which is wonderful. But yeah, like, I feel like you'd get over it, but you know, dumb Americans, I guess. Yeah. Now, it wasn't until I want to say the early 90s when uh, like I went to a, a film festival and they made a big deal about like, we have an original copy of Mad Max. They don't have to be dubbed over. And we were like, mm-hmm. ah. 
Oh, wow. Uh, What's well, yeah, interesting, we've, we've talked about that phenomenon of, you know, gr- great Hong Kong cinema, at least being this kind of best kept secret. Although mm-hmm. uh, these films were passed around heavily amongst like the who's who of Hollywood directors, which is this kind of interesting situation. And we've been kind of comparing it to the early sort of like white rock and roll and how you oh. see like early white rock and roll artists kind of interpret you know, R&B music in kind of their own vernacular. And there's a lot of that in the 90s where you're seeing kind of reinterpretation in Hollywood action of mm. things that kind of come from Hong Kong cinema. And it's fun oh, kind of unpacking percent. all that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean, you'd think that they would at least be smart enough to start poaching people. And yeah. eventually they, they did. Yeah, you know, they, right. they bring John Woo over to make a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme film, which is... <laughs> Actually, I mean, it's a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but you think, okay, this guy knows how to work a camera. He can bring things in under budget and his movies make money. Yeah, obviously poach the dude. Right. Yeah, 100%. Um, The world needs to see face off. Yeah. (laughs) And actually, I mean, the director of our film today, Mr. Yun-Woo Ping, I would argue probably has had the most successful career in Hollywood, not as a director, at least not not yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. but I mean, thinking of the films in Hollywood that he's choreographed, starting with The Matrix, um, we could kind of consider Crouching Tiger, this kind of internationally co-financed film. I guess you could include that. And then mm-hmm. both of the Kill Bill films. Um, there's some other movies, that Danny the Dog, a.k.a. Unleashed. Um, yeah, some really, yeah, really exceptional work. And um, what's so exciting about uh, exploring the Yunwoo Ping filmography is you can go back to these quote unquote older films and gosh, all that magic, everything <laughs> that may have uh, really kind of like sparked your interest when you first saw Crouching Tiger, or The Matrix, or something. It's all it's all here. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And boy, Wing Chun is just—it's just such a delight, man. Um, <laughs> I was yeah, saying I in the last episode, if you haven't even said it today, we're talking oh, about yeah. Wing Chun, the Wing 1984 Chun. film. Directed by Yun Woo Ping and of course starring Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, and, and Donnie Yen. And mm-hmm. Donnie Yen. And Donnie Yen was uh involved a um a bit on the action directing side. Now supposedly there's there isn't really clear um information on this, but there was some kind of political disagreement between Donnie and um the Yun brothers. Uh, hmm. during the during the making of Wing Chun, and they sort of parted ways after hmm. this. Um, that has all been mended since. Um, but really, between like Wing Chun and Ip Man Three, you don't see Donnie and Yun Wu Ping working together. Um, and something that I think I heard on um, there's like a Bay Logan commentary for Wing Chun that I was revisiting, and he was actually saying that there was this other person in the crew um, that almost uh, was like a you know, kind of like whispering in everyone's ear, almost like a Tolkien <laughs> character or something. Like a worm tongue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A worm tongue-ish <laughs> kind of figure that supposedly was um, kind of spreading some, you know, misinformation that was like leading to some friction. It sounds like it was all kind of subterranean, like mm. nothing tr- was heated. But Donnie sort of uh, lost interest in trying to be more involved in the choreography side. And... um yeah, a little bit of a shame that they parted ways. On the other hand, 
you could argue that, you know, Donnie's career in Hong Kong didn't quite explode the way everyone was expecting it to. And he really, mm. I think, found the most success in his career sort of after this period and maybe culminating with the, with the Ip Man film. So, yeah, really I was surprised. I mean, seeing him, I'm like, oh, my God, he's so young. And it's like, no, he's like 30. Yeah. But it's like, but he looks like a baby. Like, yeah, but it took, he? Why, why did it take so long for anyone in the West to notice him until like, yeah, Ipmon, which I've seen one and two and they're freaking great. I mean, yeah, you can tell that they're kind of Chinese nationalist propaganda, but, yes. yeah, 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 <laughs> thank yeah. You. but yeah. the action is fucking amazing. Like Ipmon mm, 2's yeah. got the, the cool table fight, which we see kind oh, of a so version great. of in, in this one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, fantastic. And it's interesting because, you know, uh, we've talked about it before, but, you know, Donnie really had his formative years in Boston in the state. So he's a little bit of like a Hong Kong background, a little bit of a U.S. background. And he and Michelle supposedly got on like gangbusters on the set of this movie. And I Hmm. think they both kind of related to that being in the Hong Kong institution and sort of outside of it, too. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. Michelle growing up in Malaysia, having studied in London, um, and they're very respected in the Hong Kong film community. But, uh, you know, just I think had sort of a different perspective on the industry. And there was one or two other films that uh, the two of them starred in after this. But gosh, I love their chemistry in this. Um, yeah, Donnie is, yeah. he's so young. He's also just so cute. There's something like kind of really <laughs> adorable. Like, and that he allows himself to, to be somewhat more harmless than you'd expect, um, given yeah. the kind of prowess that Donnie can have on screen. Um, anyways, we can kind of yeah. get into does all he, of that. But. Does he win a fight in the whole movie? He, oh, I don't think gr- he don't really think does. So. No. He beats up a couple of goons, but uh, yeah, oh, any yeah. major encounter, uh, yeah, he ends up getting knocked out, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I, he still does command. a, a like his, When he's on screen, uh, he just looks so stylish. He's got a couple of really great kicks in this film and uh even his short interaction with michelle yo um them fighting each other looks super good um yeah uh michelle yo uh we've talked a bit about her on the podcast and uh we've covered uh yes madam which was kind of like one of her big debuts and uh we and actually that's part of the reason why i got diana involved was because i saw a tweet that you did a while ago saying like why is there a cynthia rothrock michelle yo movie that no one's told me about? <laughs> oh great yeah, yeah i i, like, oh, I movie rules i love michelle oh, yo that was one where after rumble in the bronx became a hit in the u.s all of a sudden we we got a bunch of earlier hong kong and jackie chan movies brought over yeah mm-hmm. and great. i remember uh that's when i got to see what police story three Yep. Yeah. A super cop, super cop. and, and uh, a bunch of my, you know, other nerdy friends were like, no, you have to see this one. It's got like a Lady Jackie Chan in it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Lady Jackie Chan? Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much how they were billing her. And then, yeah, and then eventually, you know, she gets to be in a James Bond movie and mm-hmm. is the best part in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, without I, question. It's, it's fortuitous that we're talking about Wing Chun right now because literally yesterday we recorded for 30-2010 because the idea of the show is we look at 
what came out this week, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. It's yeah. the 20th anniversary of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon coming out in oh China. Oh my gosh. Oh, no, wow. we're not so, that old. No. Yeah, <laughs> we are that old. And that's oh, kind that's of how crazy. I ended up finding Wing Chun and some more of her filmography was because just, you know, the, the wuxia in that is so gorgeous that it was like, yeah. I got to dig into more. Okay, there's obviously... <laughs> A lot of people who've been working in this genre for a long time, they have filmographies I've not been allowed to see. Some mm. of them started finally, like, coming to DVD of, like, from the caterer of Crouching Tiger. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. so, and so that, that's how I found Wing Chun and watched oh, it. And wow, I was just great. like, I love this movie so much. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of cool connections with Crouching Tiger and Wing Chun. Um, mm -hmm. One is it wasn't shot in Hong Kong. It was shot in the uh, Beijing film studios uh we talked about we talked about those in our drunken master 2 episode those mm -hmm. were also shot there and it's also shot kind of around that part of town so actually in mainland china which is pretty rare for this mm. uh this point in time and then we've got you know mr yun Wuping involved as he was involved in crouching tiger and then we have our beloved chang pepe um uh, yeah, famous screen star going back to come drink with me um but what's apparently uh it's very well uh, edited and, and shot here, but I guess Michelle had an, uh, like a horse riding injury oh. in the making oh. of the film, and it happened to coincide, <coughs> excuse me, happened to coincide with her scenes with Chang Pepe. So she actually didn't shoot any scenes with Chang Pepe, and that was apparently oh. that makes um, sense. her like working with Michelle was like a a big motivation for doing the movie. Um, oh, but they sucks. would later, you know, get to work together and have those, I mean, mm -hmm. that incredible work, uh, scene work in Crouching Tiger. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, uh, I suppose like a, a kind of reductionist one sentence take would be like, do you want to watch like a really fun romantic comedy Crouching Tiger? Um, <laughs> where Michelle's the star, like this is, this is the movie for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did you this... wish that Crash and Tiger was wackier? Because we got wacky. <laughs> yeah, 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 perfect. Because I, I was gonna say, I, I feel like this Carlos movie is like, yes, I do want wackier. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I definitely do. But this movie to me has a lot of cartoon energy. Uh, the oh, dude, action yeah. is really wild. You can mm -hmm. definitely see that it's been influenced by the Once Upon a Time in China films. By now, we're uh, we've we've covered that on the podcast, and we've talked about. The wire foo, but this is some wire foo that really gets wild. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, you can kind of see what will eventually, uh, you know, come around with things like Kung Fu Hustle and the more like overt Looney Tune meets Looney Tunes meets Kung Fu. But yeah, um, yeah. I I really am into the tone that that this strikes. Wing Chun also asks you to kind of accept a more like almost Shakespearean like yes. Uh, Mis yeah, kind of comedy of errors, mm. kind of a theatrical the, yeah. thing. I kept thinking about Shakespeare the whole time. Sorry to interrupt, but it's no, like no, I, no, I went great. digging okay. through Shakespeare comedies when, like, I know I've seen this th thing before. You know, it's like <laughs> we got the the woman who's dressed like a man, and people are falling in love with him, her thing at mm -hmm. a twelfth night, and I feel like the. Like, oh, sneak into this person's bedroom. Actually, it's my bedroom. And then I'm going to steal this love charm. And then, like, I'll show it at the end and be like, ta-da, it was me the whole time. Like, <laughs> what is that? Is that from measure for measure? I, like, I freaking know that's from oh, dude, good call. one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's a full-on Shakespeare romp. Mm -hmm. But with Kung Fu. But with Kung yeah. Fu. 
Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's amazing. And really, I think uh, a lot hinges on Donnie's portrayal, really, to, to sell a lot of that. Mm. Um, I think it works and it's really fun, but I could see someone, um, you know, rubbing up against it, maybe kind of funny. But, uh, um, oh, yeah, another <laughs> funny thing about Donnie's performance here, he's wearing a very interesting... Um, sort of headscarf the whole movie and supposedly a big reason for that uh, is he was contracted to do this other film shortly thereafter where he needed like a modern 90s haircut so (laughs) had to kind of couldn't do the like the shaved head thing that he had done in iron monkey and once upon a time in china too so i had to kind of cover that up but now i just want to see like what kind of 90s haircut was yeah or is it like a JTT, like symmetrical <laughs> bangs situation? That this is kind of like a Superman mustache situation we got going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention about uh, Michelle Yeoh is, um, like I said, we talked about Yes, Madam, and she has uh, like this gap in between. Uh, like the early '90s, when when her her return to film was actually in Supercop, uh, because. Uh, like we've talked about with other actresses, she ended up getting married, and in that time she retired. And yeah. uh, then Dixon when she got Poon. divorced, yeah, she was married to a businessman. His name is Dixon Poon, which we can just say <laughs> these Very jokes oh my God. all day. Oh no! <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, when she returned uh, with Supercop, that really, uh, I think in 1993 she must have done like maybe like five or six movies in a row hmm. and um actually yeah tai chi mastered uh, uh another young Ping film actually paired her with uh jet lee and um i i should say i was watching this this film uh just just re-watching it just to catch up because i knew we were covering this film and i have a blu-ray of it and you guys were mentioning how vhs copies there's something really nice about that (laughs) watching tai chi master on blu-ray you see every string every wire rigged up to people Mm. it's it's kind of distracting in some Mm. scenes actually so yeah there's there's really something to be said about watching these films kind of in a rusty vhs tape (laughs) the fuzziness kind of leaves more to your imagination oh totally and yeah this time of like michelle's return to to acting like you're saying carlos is i think also when she kind of reclaimed her given name um because i don't remember who is responsible for but someone at dnb films um gave her kind of like the acting alias of michelle khan so that's what she's credited and things like yes madam our next guest is the number one female action hero in the world please welcome michelle khan um but it was one of these things it was done without consulting her at all so she just <laughs> saw her uh saw her face on these posters around hong kong with this name and supposedly her family reached out to her did you get married to some guy named Khan? <laughs> <laughs> um but eventually she was able to say like okay my name is yo so that's that's the name that we'll use but uh in the b- opening credits of this film uh the romanized spelling is like i can't remember how but they totally misspell her name it's like Yao or something um, mm. but it's one of those delightful things kind of like scared heart in the killer oh, we were re-watching the killer there's this <laughs> supposed to be the sacred heart hospital and it's scared heart it's so great I love it <laughs> <laughs> alright well we should probably jump into this episode or do this movie if we don't want the episode to be five hours long so 
So let's good. do it. Oh, take watch it. But first, we'll take a look at the back of the VHS. When bandits strike, a rural village looks to their hero to save them. Enter Wing Chun. Her confident strikes tell of the training she's received by one of the fabled five elders of Shaolin, Ng Mui. When a young man shows up looking for her, misunderstanding pulls Wing Chun into a love triangle that shows her that fists can't solve everything. Can Wing Chun make monkeys of the bandits all while finding truth in her heart? Michelle Yeoh stars along Kingdom Yun and Donnie Yen in Yun Wu Ping's tale of the legendary martial artist. Before there was Ip Man, before there was Bruce Lee, there was Wing Chun. So to talk about this movie, we're going to kind of jump between like the big kind of action set pieces uh, to keep kind of things moving along. And it's cool we we haven't we haven't done period kung fu in a in a hot minute, so it's nice to kind of get back to uh, seeing like these uh, like the lion dance and the dragon dance and all that stuff because there's like this this festival thing going on, and it, it's it's kind of like it's like a warm blanket, you know. Sure. <laughs> it's like oh, coming totally. back to home. Marty, you were talking about the locations that they shot this film on. Do you know mm-hmm. where all these external locations are? Because they're in this really cool mountainous area. Yeah, yeah it's, mm. so it's supposedly it's, it's somewhere in the radius of those uh, Beijing film studios. I'm not sure how far out, though. But even the the kind of bad guy layer, that cave, is is apparently a real cave and not a not a soundstage. Um, but yeah, these, uh, some of these locations I think are, are areas that you would see in other, other productions involving that, um, that company. So I think there are even some crouching tiger locations. And it's interesting. Um, they actually employed some Chinese, uh, military for some of the stunt doubles, particularly for the horse work. I Mm. guess there is this, um, this, like horse troupe that did these kind of almost like horse stunt shows and Mm. it was mostly like Chinese military riders. And so uh, those folks are, are doing some of the, the horse stunt doubling and um, yeah, this movie just, it just looks awesome. Doesn't it? I mean, I think (laughs) the the location is a big part of it, Um, but I do want to call out um, the cinematographer and that's, it's actually Mark Lee Pingbin. And he, he was one of the cinematographers who actually worked with Christopher Doyle on In the Mood for Love. Um, And so pretty legit stuff. It's hard though, with a lot of the um, say non golden harvest films of the nineties. And this was, an independent film um, is Yunwoo Ping's production company and co-financed by some other group. I can't remember who, um, but yeah, these transfers usually uh, don't tend to look super great. They're a little bit washed out, but um, you can, kind of, I think you can kind of see the, the intent here. Yeah. Getting into the movie, it's weird that it starts with what's almost a prologue. Like it's about yeah. her sister's getting married and that ends up having nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. Except that it it starts this theme, and here's where I bring in feminism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it starts this theme of that you know Wing Chun is this amazing kung fu master. The very first thing anyone mentions about her is, oh look, she's dressed like a man. It's okay, yeah. she's cool. And yeah. that, like she feels it's completely her fault that her sister has to make this bad marriage from some guy far away that her aunt says is ugly yeah. because mm. like. She's she's such an a weirdo. She's an outsider for being a woman kung fu master. And it's like mm. she's just Yeah. It's like the only other reason I could think that 
this stuff is even included is just to show like well she's she's an awesome master but because of her gender she's like screwed up her whole family so this uh this film uh basically the wing chun martial arts style that people would come to know from ipman and ipman being the master that taught bruce lee the the legend of all of this is really um it's really interesting because the history here there's no like written history about this and actually a lot of the facts that are pulled for this film were actually dictated by Ipman himself so he would pass on this oral lineage of uh, what happened uh, with the origins of this martial arts style so with Wing Chun um, it was like uh, there's like five legendary Shaolin elders that escaped the Shaolin te Temple of the North when it got destroyed by the Qing, the Manchu soldiers. So one of these masters was a woman and she made her way south. And this movie focuses on Yim Wing Chun, the uh, daughter of a tofu salesman that was trained by Ng Mui, the, the escaped Shaolin master. So they, they play with it really loose. There's mm -hmm. like... Um, there are little like bits here and there. In any of the legends that I've heard, I never really read that she dressed like a man or actually carried herself like a man just to kind of pass. But um, I was kind of reading it like in in society these days, if you're a woman, you couldn't practice martial arts the way you know that the men are and they kind of cover that a little bit in the movie but even yeah. the villagers that are kind of jealous of her they're not like we're gonna kill you because you're performing martial arts they're just like they're just haters they've just got this like male <laughs> fragility yeah, or something yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah. i, I but like then there's, there's one of them that uh i caught one of them she's just like hey get me some water and this guy's like it calls her shifu and i was like ee! yeah it's great <laughs> i think i i really love how um yeah, how much agency they give uh, our main female cast here. They, mm -hmm. They're never like, oh, you're just a woman. You don't. You actually don't really hear that at all in this film. And everybody in the village, she's kind of like, like she's not the mayor of the village, but everybody in town <laughs> looks up to uh, Yim Wing Chun and uh, Auntie Fong. That's kind of well, yeah. And the film is really driven by these three women, um, which makes it all the more rare at this like period of kind of Hong Kong storytelling and um, yeah, all these actresses are just, I think fantastic in this movie. I love what you were saying, Diana. And I, th I think um, the movie tends to not uh, have much time to kind of take a breath and, and marinate in a lot of the themes it's maybe suggesting, but Michelle's depiction, she just somehow bears all the weight of all of that uh, societal pressure or familial pressure or whatever. And mm -hmm. boy, it's amazing. I mean, I think you do see that um, like that acting gravitas that we would all come to, to, to kind of connect with in Crouching Tiger um, in, in Michelle's performance here, even though it's overall a pretty breezy, breezy thing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. a huge theme of the movie, even though, you know, it's a comedy and it's an action film is like, what, what, what is women's role in society? It's, it's really saying like society has narrowed the roles of women down to you go get married and then go be a wife. Yeah, and right. we have three women as the, the main characters who are all not fitting that very well and very frustrated Totally, because mm -hmm. we've got, you know, Wing Chun, who's, uh, 
uh, you know, a, a kung fu master. You got uh, Auntie Abacus, who is a businesswoman. And then you got Charmy, who says that she can't do anything else with her life but be a, a wife because she doesn't have any other skills. But then she failed at being a wife, she thinks, because her husband died. Mm. And right. so she's like, I can't even do that right. I, yeah. I, what is my job? I don't even know. Yeah. Kyle, that scene with the three of them kind of like spilling all of that out is just mm. is just amazing. Um, and Kyle, it's funny. I mean, I th- I do tend to think that uh, as a filmmaker, uh, Yuan Wuping is usually given pretty short shrift and it's like, oh, yeah, he's the guy that puts the fights together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his movies really ought not to be taken very seriously. And I know there's I think. um Masters of Cinema had put a box, had done a release of Drunken Master. And I remember there was a little bit of pushback at the time, like, Yun Wu Ping's not a master of cinema. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> um, and I, I understand that because I think he, he likes to have fun and he, he tends to like a breezy pace. But I don't know. It's like, I, I, I'm looking at re watching this scene a couple of times this week uh, that you were just talking about, Diana. And I'm like, boy, I don't know of a scene quite like this. Definitely not in any other Kung Fu film. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a lot that's really uh, magical in this movie. And there's also a lot that's like super goofy. And that's, that's one of the things <laughs> that we love about Hong Kong cinemas. It's like, wow, how do those things fit together? And how is it they can work? And like, why is it working? Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's good. That's a good call, because the the one of the very first situations that happens is we meet like these bandit guys who come in to rough everything up, and we we've seen the cool like flipping around and then putting the leg over, like sitting down, like that's kind of a Wong Fei Hung move almost. Yeah, but that's like literally the first, I guess, the second thing that Wing Chun does in the movie, and like we already get like the kind of you know, playing fast and loose with the physics and the, you know, things bouncing off of other things. Dude, she's just so awesome. I mean, gifable moments with Michelle are oh, just yeah. too many to mention. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we, we get some worse. kind of classic, uh, almost Yun Wuping, kind of like Snake in the Eagle's Shadow with Simon and Jackie, where she's kind of manipulating the scholar to do some of the, the fighting. Um, mm-hmm. like yeah. With that pull. And that's so, so clever and so fun. Um, but yeah, we're definitely in the '90s period of kung fu action. Oh, Our ca- boy, camera we? is a lot closer. Uh, we have a lot faster cuts. There's plenty of undercranking going on. There's a lot of undercranking in this one, and especially yeah. if you're watching. I think the version we were watching was like a PAL transfer. So mm-hmm. if you don't slow it down, the undercranking mm-hmm. gets crazy. <laughs> and there's a uh, lot of Dutch angles in this. All film. kinds oh, of Dutch yeah. angles. Yeah, the camera is <laughs> seldom straight. Yeah. Right. So as 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 more experts than me on, on this subject, mm-hmm. I would like to know, do they like put baby powder all over everyone's clothes? So that <laughs> exactly. you get you get the little <laughs> puffs of dust as everyone's getting yeah, they, hit. They call it they, they call, call it, it pow pow powder. I love and, it. Um, and yeah, it's it's usually just like talcum powder like that. Um there's but yeah, there's a lot of it in this movie. And in this era of the net I'm sure when you were watching Tai Chi Master the other day, Carlos, I'm guessing there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of pow powder. Um Yeah, it was actually really interesting watching that, comparing it to this film, because 
Well, for one, I kind of feel like there was some more money behind Tai Chi Master. And two, this seems like more of an answer to Once Upon a Time in China, even though Jet Li's in Tai Chi Master, which was really interesting to me. But um, Mm. I think that the... I think they'd be a good double feature if you're really down to watch some 90s kung fu cinema uh, period uh, films. Yeah. Tai Chi Master and Wing Chun is like perfect night. <laughs> well, and one of the things I love about this approach to action, and I actually think Wing Chun is like one of the better examples. Um, you know, the late 70s and early 80s Kung Fu that we love, we usually think of as very kind of like two dimensional. Um, and it's great because there's so much clarity in the movement and you can it. It's like Street Fighter or something. It's like you yeah, can like clearly see who's versus who. And um, in things like Once Upon a Time in China and Iron Monkey and in Wing Chun, you have uh, what happens a lot in this movie when Michelle is fighting a whole group of people is that she's kind of like in the center of the frame and it's very three-dimensional. The camera kind of orbits around her um, mm. as she's fighting. And there's, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, There's something really kind of like explosive about it all and so God, it's more Michelle's of a performance more of a just... tekken you would say then huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah or virtual I, I was, fighter too. i was thinking yeah. it's like a like um dynasty warriors almost in oh, the next yeah, fight because sure. it's just her versus like a million dudes oh dude I love that. <laughs> yeah you've got um like a river festival that everybody in town is enjoying and these bandits show up again and uh Michelle Yeoh is quick to uh, jump in when they try to uh, kidnap this young girl. Uh, the other female lead that uh, we were talking about, Charmy, she's kind of she she shows up on like like a little uh, like a little makeshift like a boat with her husband, and he's sick, and uh, it's just in time for the bandits to show up. Right, so she gets caught in the middle of that, and uh, yeah, Michelle Yeoh here. There's some amazing. Uh, weapon fighting in mm-hmm. this sequence she's got a, a a long sword and she's fighting against some of the bandits and like we said it's very undercranked but just just the fluidity of dude when how she, she whips takes the sword to... and it bounces off his chest yeah in, in her hand it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we said that uh, michelle yo was like a trained dancer and she's talked in interviews about how um when she when she entered Hong Kong cinema, you know, she wasn't a martial artist, but her dance training really helped with uh, taking to the choreography because we've uh, seen in other films that there's like this rhythm that's an underlying rhythm that you're not really supposed to notice as uh, a viewer, but the choreography has this timing to it. And uh, Michelle Yeoh just was a natural at it. And you see it in this scene perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I also love how she would describe the stunt team usually as her stunt boys. <laughs> so I'm thinking about during all during all these scenes. Yeah, but I I love this fight where she's, you know, up against a couple dozen guys, you know, she's got the sword <laughs> and she's really purposefully not killing anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's even oh, pointing out point. like, yeah, it's the blunt end, dummy. I'm not going to yeah. kill you. Now, <laughs> get out of here, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I kind of feel it has kind of this children's cartoon energy to it where it's like the stakes are are high enough in this film but it's it's not like overly violent just to be violent the whole movie almost reminds me of like tokusatsu like a power rangers kind of thing (laughs) oh yeah see that like here's the group of bad guys in their secret lair and they're just really 
frustrated with the hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like One that. also has a cartoon vibe because it's like Wing Chun's character is like this real sort of like moral figure, um, mm-hmm. kind of like how we've seen Wong Fei Hung depicted, like, and she kind of exp- uh, you know, espouses these like Confucius like values almost. Um, like you were saying, Diana, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to kill you. And, um, I mean, so much credit to, to Michelle because, you know, Wing Chun's character isn't an overly talkative person in the mm. movie. Um, but we really believe that she just has so much like moral integrity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit of a horse chase, which I don't think we've ever had a horse chase in the podcast yet. <laughs> Unless I'm, yeah, I guess you we know probably, what? no, probably I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. I don't, yeah. Hmm. Get some so, yeah. horses in here. Yeah, get some horses. Uh, <laughs> the next kind of set piece is actually it's not her versus the bandits, but her versus the kind of Southern Shaolin guy or not, uh, Southern Kung Fu guys that were uh, <laughs> that were at the festival when she kind of showed up. Yeah, and you've got this like the great haters, misogynist yeah. kind of character. I think he's. I think they even call him Wong Sifu, right? Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. uh, and he's basically like the old, you know. Uh, the old shit of like this isn't your place or whatever and then we get just an amazing a classic kind of sequence i think up there with like the calligraphy fight in magnificent butcher or Mm -hmm. the tea fight in dance with the drunk mantis this tofu fight um that wing chun devises it's like okay yeah if you can mess with my tofu then i'll concede that that you're the winner and Mm -hmm. this is where things yeah kind of push the laws of physics but (laughs) dude such an amazing sequence i mean yeah. The I I list I watched the dub and the original audio for this, and the dub's actually really good. It, it's kind of a lot of the classic guys. Uh, oh, awesome! Uh, which is nice because a lot of the '90s stuff kind of had a new new crew going on. Um, but during it, the right before, whenever the the guys being like all misogynistic and mean, uh, at one point he literally just says, "Men are better than women." Except it's having baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just laying it all out of the teeth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they also call it bean curd, because I guess the word tofu yeah. didn't exist in America yet. So What the? Yeah. Oh, Actually, like... dude, that's true. In a lot of like old dubs, they never say tofu. They say bean curd. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Oh Not very um, appetizing. Yeah, this that's one of the pulls from the legend of Wing Chun is that when uh, the Shaolin master came to this little village uh, running from the government, she uh, ended up becoming fond of a tofu shop. And uh, the the father ran the tofu shop and Yim Wing Chun was the daughter there. And um, one of the things I looked up about tofu that I found out when I was looking up tofu is that um, sometimes you'll see tofu as an offering at a grave uh, like you know when people in, in Asia they'll leave like food for the past and um, the reason they leave tofu is because one thing people said was that after you die you lose your jaw so tofu soft enough that you can eat it with the, oh, wow. <laughs> without oh, that's the jaw amazing. Huh. <laughs> I was like whoa that's an interesting fact <laughs> sure <laughs> but yeah um, we've never seen tofu on a rig of wires <laughs> but you see it never. here <laughs> You know, I never thought I would see that. So, 
I love yeah. how it escalates where the table underneath them gets more damage, but she's still uh, proficient enough to keep him away and also keep the table balanced. It's it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, I mean, she's like kicking the thing of tofu up and then like balancing it on this and catching it over here. And, oh, he almost falls into the tofu, which would mean she... <laughs> loses so she's like grabbing and holding him up and kicking the tofu over that way and mm -hmm. yeah i love the point we can see it's like oh the tofu is wired up because it's got a little wobble <laughs> yeah. as it flies through the air and you're like, oh, <laughs> that was someone's job yeah. <laughs> right and just the ingenuity of a sequence like this like on paper and you have to imagine for most hollywood action directors it's like okay protect the tofu like okay what do i do with that mm. and um the stunt team here is just seems to have uh no end to to just clever ideas i also love that you have auntie fong or auntie abacus cheering this whole thing on <laughs> uh, dude she's maybe one of my favorite characters in in the whole thing um i mean yep. it's i think she's kind of bringing that early 90s hong kong comedy vibe oh, uh, wow. that was really popular in like the wong jing and stephen chow films oh wong um, jing yeah that's a perfect comparison Oh yeah, but I, a lot I, of this movie feels like they got Wong Jing on set for for a couple of <laughs> couple of shots. Mm -hmm. But I love what you were uh, pointing out earlier, Diana, that it's like she's this uh, really important businesswoman in the community, and it's I don't know her character just rings true even through all the kind of crazy comedy. One of the most broad things with the character is that she's supposed to have this notoriously bad breath from the tofu. Oh, yeah. And, dude, the way she plays with it, there's a scene later where she's almost like this dragon, like, breathing the breath on everyone. She's amazing. And, oh, also, yeah, when Wing Chun's sister was going off to marry this dude, and she's just, like, openly saying, like, this guy really sucks. And there's this great shot of the, like, husband-to-be looking back, like, what the? Yeah. That's oh, so good. Yeah, and she's like... I'm talking about you, not to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, moving a little forward, uh, what happens with Charmy is that her husband passes away. And sadly, what happens is that she's offering herself for sales just so she can have enough money to have a funeral. And uh, Wing Chun being the kind of good-natured uh, hero here. Uh, they actually get, uh, we haven't mentioned him yet, but Wacy Lee plays this scholar who actually yeah. plays off of Auntie Abacus really well. And mm -hmm. um, uh, we just actually covered him. He's, he's Shing in A Better Tomorrow, yep. the, yeah. the, the, basically the villain. But it's really funny to see him play such a comedic role after we were used to seeing him in uh, this you know, heroic bloodshed. <laughs> but um, so they actually get him to give them some cash so they can uh, basically pay for her. So she'll become the third uh, lead, uh, female lead here. And she's kind of like the... Yeah. Know, hashtag tofu beauty, I think. Yeah, that's what they tofu <laughs> beauty, right. Yeah, I think they say that in the movie. It was wild. Ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, here um, <laughs> in Minnesota, we have because it's like this, you know, dairy region at the state fair. There's this thing called Princess K of the Milky Way, which is like sort of a beauty pageant, but it has to involve um, girls that are connected to farming and like <laughs> dairy farming. And then the winner of the pageant, um, her head is sculpted in butter in like a bust at the state fair. And actually, like a second cousin of mine won it. Uh, Whoa! Uh, many years ago, it was this huge deal. But now I'm just like, oh, y'all got a party. I'm sure, there's there. like, but it's not like a tofu beauty thing. 
<laughs> Imagine a, a slimy tofu head of Charmy. Mm. Oh, dude. <laughs> well, apparently it would get the men around the block because yeah. whenever they, they – uh, it's funny. They literally say they're dressing her up in, in Wing Chung's old clothes because she doesn't wear women's clothes anymore. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and that gets like all the all the guys are like busting down the door to to buy tofu from her. Oh man! And then um, let's see. Yeah, we can kind of speed along, but I think uh, we then see kind of our first glimpse of like the evil layer and the the cave. And there's almost like a I don't know Pirates of Penzance or something <laughs> kind of vibe yeah. with a lot of these bad dudes, um, or or like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers or something. Mm-hmm. It's like there's I like how they they're they're always like PG and even yeah, and this movie blind. like flirts with a lot of sexual stuff, but I think it kind of stays on on kind of a a safer sort of more innocent side of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just funny seeing these dudes. And then um, the who we think is the first henchman. He's played by uh, Choi Afai, um, and I don't know if we've seen him before on the podcast, but he was uh, he actually kind of studied. Kung Fu with Jet Li, so they kind of go go way back. But um, this is where we kind of introduce this plot, and most of it revolves around these bandits, and they're trying to get Charmy. Uh, basically, they feel they had some claim to her in that earlier scene when she was, um, you know, rowing on the on the water, and this kind of motivates a lot of our story. But yeah, you were mentioning Matthew, uh, the sequence where. Charmy's dressed in Wing Chun's old clothes. And God, Michelle's acting in this is like so subtle. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's also just really, the nighttime scenes are really beautifully lit here. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think this is, this is another moment where we really kind of dig into uh, what's under the surface a little bit more. Some of, some of those themes you were talking about, Diana. Yep. And I mean, yeah, she seems, you know, kind of wistful and sad of like, yeah, I used to be the tofu beauty, but I had, to, <laughs> I had to take another path. And we see why she took that other path, because immediately all the guys are, like, trying to get her to sort of bend over so they could see some skin. And mm. Wong comes up and pretty much just starts molesting her and, like, oh, just yeah. let me hold you while you reach for that thing. Grab, 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 grab. Yep. Right, right. But then he gets payback because immediately uh, Aunt Abacus comes in and starts doing the same thing to him and molesting him. So... <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's so, kind of got see some. See how you like it, yeah, dude. She's... That scene with the tofu grinding is like, <laughs> that's one of the, I don't know, it's, it's a very effective like sexual analog or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, she's got like intense, some uh, some Pepe Le Pew energy going. On. <laughs> oh, dude, hundred <laughs> percent. You're right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's played by uh, Kingdom Yuan, who we haven't seen on the podcast, but she's she's really funny in a lot of a lot of different things. Yeah. That's an awesome name too, Dan. Yeah, it is, mm. dude. Totally. Yeah, if you've ever seen um, uh, the Flirting Scholar, which is a really great early uh, Stephen Chow movie, she's awesome in that. Mm-hmm. So now we get introduced to Donnie Yen, who hey. uh, we find out he's uh, his his character uh, Lung used to like was friends with Wing Chun whenever they were kids and is like I guess betrothed to her or something like that and it's like so... a cloud Tifa kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's actually yeah this is another character pulled from the legend of, of Wing Chun uh Long Bok Cho was uh yeah betrothed to Wing Chun and then uh 
her and her father had to flee because he was accused of some criminal activity. So um, after Wing Chun made her uh, kind of name in this town, when she defended herself against a warlord, who we'll see later in the film, they will eventually marry. So Lung Bo Cho actually is the man that named the martial arts style Wing Chun after his wife. So oh. we're getting introduced to him here. Yeah. Which is really awesome because I feel like you would hear a lot of people in history be like, oh, yeah, it's Bok Cho style because I made it. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, right. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Actually, going through this film and doing my own little homework, it's uh, it's kind of interesting to me how, you know, everybody like the legends say that this is a, a style that's basically uh, created by women. And um, the reason that it's so applicable at the time and that anybody could pick it up is because uh Ing Mui, the Shaolin master that created it, created it so that she could learn it without having to have like the strength of a burly man. But um I actually can't really think of too many films that actually focus on her as uh, you know, the the Shaolin master creating the style. And mm. um when you think of Wing Chun now, I think most people think of Bruce Lee and Ipman. But Ipman is the yeah. man, like I said, that told everybody that this is the legend that it was created by women so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of interesting i think that there probably will be eventually a film based on that but I, it's good that we see wing chun here represented and i think this is a good chance for me to share a special segment i put together in honor of our guest today <laughs> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for another Carlos Classic Corner where we go even further back in time to see if there's anything worth a watching. And this week we're going to take a look at the Wing Chun Cinematic Universe. Patent pending. When it comes to Wing Chun, I think we've covered some of the biggest films to represent the style on the podcast. Here's some great recommends if Michelle Yeoh's interpretation has piqued your interest. You can't talk about the origins of Wing Chun without mentioning the destruction of the Shaolin Temple. In 1974, Cheng Che gave us two films, Heroes 2 and Men from the Monastery. Both star Chen Quan Tai as Hong Shi Quan, escaping persecution by the Manchu as they set Shaolin Temple ablaze. 1977's Executioners from Shaolin by Lao Garlong, not only gave us the nefarious Pai Mei, another one of the legendary five elders of Shaolin, but also shows us how Hong Shiquan made his way to the Red Boat Opera Troupe. This group of performers slash martial artists played a pivotal role in evolving Wing Chun, and this film, along with Heroes 2 and Men from the Monastery, could be seen as a sort of prequel series to the films that cover Wing Chun. And they all feature Lao Garlong action, so you can't go wrong there. 1978, the arguable best year for martial arts cinema, brought us Warriors 2 from Samuel Hung. It tells the story of Chan Wa Shan, the money changer, and his master Long Jan, prominent names in the family tree of Wing Chun. Chan Wa Shan is the man that taught Ip Man Wing Chun. Then, at the end of 1981, we were blessed with the prodigal son. Samuel again tells a story of Wing Chun now putting the spotlight on a younger Lung Jan as he learns the hard way from Red Boat Masters, Lung Yi Tai and Wong Wa Po. This film is a masterpiece and does an amazing job of showing not only these origins in a fantastical form, 
but it also showcases the martial art in a way that few other films have. If you watch one film from this list, make sure it's this one. Now, we live in a world where Ip Man has become a well-known figure, thanks to his student Bruce Lee and the Wilson Yip film starring Donnie Yen. These films can get a bit melodramatic and heavy-handed, but through the series we've gotten some amazing action scenes directed by Sammo Hung and Yung Wu Ping. Never thought I'd see Mike Tyson vs. Donnie Yen, but here we are. We also get the Master Z spin-off film featuring Max Zhang fighting Dave Bautista? This film also reunites Michelle Yeoh with Yung Wu Ping after they work together in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Sword of Destiny, and we're talking about them working together today. I must admit that I'm a bit more partial to Wong Kar Wai's take on Ip Man and the Grandmaster, but these are all great ways to take a peek into this rich history of Wing Chun. Hopefully this look at the Wing Chun cinematic universe helps you on your path through Hong Kong cinema. And hey, maybe you'll have a wooden dummy of your own someday. That's it for this week. Stay classy. And it's cool seeing this this descendant of uh or ancestor of of Wing Chun, who then is later plays the kind of person who introduced it to the modern day. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, dude, that's cool. that's great. I mean also it's I like that the this the movie's able to maintain a certain amount of uh mystery. I, I like what's kind of withheld. Um and it really keeps the story going. And I think if we had more of a direct telling and it focused more on like the Chang Pei Pei character, um, yeah, I kind of I kind of wonder where our momentum would be. And it's really pretty late in the movie where we learn um, just what it just what it just what kind of a, a conflict Wing Chun had to face when she made the decision to you know right. study yeah. kung fu and why. And um, yeah, like we said. Uh, yeah, somehow in this kind of goofy, zany movie, I think there really are some strong kind of uh, storytelling things happening. Yeah, but it is it, it is sort of a shock to me to see when Donnie Yen appears, that's when the wackiness really kicks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never thought th- those things don't go together. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's dead serious, Itmon. But yeah, when, yeah. He, when he comes in, the wackiness gets put into at least third gear because mm-hmm. his whole thing is... Um, you know, I'm looking for Wing Chun. Uh, I've loved her since I was a kid. Also, I don't recognize her now. And also, I think she's a dude. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's so yeah, funny. Yeah, the comedy of errors like, hinges mostly on Donnie's performance, which is really kind of interesting, at least at this point in the movie. Yeah. Um, and the the kind of fact, like you as a person watching this film, seeing Michelle Yeoh, who's literally like one of the most beautiful women in the world (laughs) and nobody can tell that she's a woman. It's pretty funny to me. (laughs) I mean, we do, I guess, have that tradition going back to like Chang Pepe and come drink with me where Mm -hmm. there's that same sort of conceit, right? That she's supposed to be, you know, presenting as a man and everyone in the story buys it. What's kind of funny with this movie is at a certain point, it sort of seems like only Donnie has this problem, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Lord Charmy explains it to him in the simplest terms possible. She says, Wing Chun is a woman. But because he thinks she's Wing Chun, he thinks that she's actually saying, I've blossomed as a woman. I've had yeah. sex. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, it's, I mean, I, I imagine opinions will vary on how some of this stuff goes down, but. Uh, mm. It's. I think Donnie's really kind of adorable and all this like silly yeah. 
stuff. <laughs> right. So he he ends up like showing up at their house at night, and he's kind of peeping in, trying to see what's going on. And um, this is when we get uh, Flying Monkey, the kind of like one of the head goons that we've mm-hmm. seen of the bandits. He also shows up, so that leads to. Um, an encounter here it's uh like you said it, it, everything at night looks really fun mm-hmm. and um again we're going to get some under cranking in this action but mm-hmm. it, it looks really cool yeah. uh, flying monkey has like some ninja stuff going on like yeah. he does like the ninja run and they're jumping on top actually kind of like the beginning crouching tiger you know you've got this night encounter yeah. hmm. and some some like iron monkey sequences we see that same mm-hmm. kind of flavor i have to call it one dub line because when he first uh, comes in, he sees Charmy and like steals her underwear thing because you know he's the bad guy, and mm-hmm. and whatever he like smells it, which is super creepy. But in the, the way that the dub actor says, ah, "Smells great," <laughs> <laughs> love it. and it's also like this kind of like modest tank top kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, but. Oh, They're like, uh, take one, got it. All right, yeah. moving on. <laughs> we got 15 more movies to dub today, so yep, <laughs> right. Oh. But yeah, we get a fight but, with him and him and Donnie, and they're they're flip flying around, and it's cool. He's called the Flying Monkey. We get to see like that that kind of monkey style with like the like mm-hmm. swinging around the poles and like holding up his hands and stuff. And yeah. he does this wild like he throws like 10 kicks you know in a row like in midair towards donnie it looks really cool but yeah um, it's kind of like that like neo when he's doing um in that first fight with morpheus in the dojo um when oh he's yeah doing sure those kind of flying kicks it's sort of similar to that mm-hmm. to that flying Mo- monkey ends up escaping he kind of kicks some sand at uh long here and what ends up happening is another kind of a mistake where wing chun sees donnie yen and she assumes that he's the perpetrator and they have this really great but short interaction <laughs> yeah so good and then he gets knocked out which kind of helps the comedy of errors keep going um and then that's when we get into uh that stuff that we were talking about with the him misunderstanding <laughs> just what is meant by Wing Chun as a woman. Um, <laughs> and which one is Wing Chun? He doesn't yeah. know. He yeah, can't exactly. get it straight. <laughs> then we're followed with a scene where the three ladies are kind of talking to each other and they're washing each other's feet. And I like how Charmy kind of is like trying to get them to open up about their like sexuality a little bit and she does like this foot rub thing and um but the chemistry here is really great and actually Amazing. thinking about it the i don't know if this movie passes all three laws of the Bechtel test <sighs> because i think there are always... i don't think this scene does but i think yeah at some point they're talking they're not overall talking about, i think it does they're not talking about a man because like they, but, they do have scenes talking about like their business and like helping out Charmy and stuff, not specifically about men. It just popped up in my head, so I don't know mm-hmm. for sure. But but either way, like just like I was saying before, uh, in a Hong Kong film at this time, to have these women that are very confident and have their own agency and aren't like it, it's just really cool to see that in this film. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sisterhood. Sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, and foot rubs. <laughs> and foot rubs, look. I I think, you know what, of all the weird things that a lot of really great filmmakers are, having a foot fetish is not as bad as it could be. So, you know, I'll take it. Yeah. 
Uh, I also like that they're all wearing white in the scene. Like, I don't know exactly what that may mean, but um, it just, I think it also helps it to kind of stand out in your, in your memory of the movie. It means that they were um, dead the whole time, Marty. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so our next big uh, kind of fight sequence is we get a, a face-off between Flying Monkey and, and Wing Chun in this, like, like Sparrow talks being out fighting games this is like a fighting game stage they go to oh my god and this is supposedly the sequence that donnie action directed and actually directed directed oh um, cool oh the, cool the horse fire uh fighting um <laughs> with axes they're fighting <laughs> yeah. with axes surrounded by fire riding horses backwards mm. my god yeah and they're it's just, standing on the horse swinging their weapons around it's oh yeah, it's, nuts. it's funny you say that, Donnie Yen, because I I just rewatching it now. Flying Monkey does almost like break dancing on the on the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. so almost kind of a gymnastics. Uh, I, yeah, like in my notes I wrote horse. it's horse pommel horse. Totally. <laughs> but yeah, I want to say that the sequence took uh, like maybe two weeks or a little less, which is actually oh. super fast. And when he showed the footage to Yun Mo Ping, he's like, "Wow, that would have taken me like." twice or three times as long um so it's weird some of these stories don't seem to jive with there being like this big tension so mm -hmm. I, yeah i'd love to know more about what was going on here well whatever was going on fly monkey gets owned hard yeah <laughs> oh man speaking Dude. of notes my notes is and she kicks flying monkey's ass and then i scratched out kicks monkey's ass and right in burns off his dick yeah yeah <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> Uh, a fitting subtle. punishment for a bandit like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cool like that, that they actually sort of follow up with this, like this lost manhood becomes like <laughs> kind of a joke and then like a plot point for, um, yeah. for a monkey dude, which is interesting. <laughs> and not long after that, we kind of get introduced to the, the quote unquote real villain of the movie, um, <laughs> which is uh, a flying chimp, not flying monkey. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, I love it. They bring Flying Monkey back to the lair, and he's just so sad. And he's just crying like she really sick, and it doesn't work anymore. And everyone just laughs at him, and then Flying yeah. Chimpanzee is like, "Okay, enough laughing. I, I gotta go get revenge." Yep. But I'm still laughing, kinda. But I, I, I guess I'll get revenge. Yeah, but yeah the way funny. he's like mocking his injury is uh, amazing. And this is uh, uh, Chu Seo Kung, who we've seen in films before, including like Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin mm -hmm. and. Um, he has a fun time being almost like a Gaston kind of a vibe. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. So it's like, he's, he's, I guess like our big bad. Mm -hmm. Also, I think somewhere around this time is when we had uh, auntie sort of tricking the scholar oh, yeah. into, yeah. Yikes. it's almost like a, I mean, I shouldn't bring this up cause it's so problematic, but it's almost like a revenge of the nerds. I was thinking exactly revenge thing. of the nerds yeah. when I saw it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh that's not cool. Not yeah. cool, Auntie. You you nope. should not trick people into having sex with you thinking they're having sex with someone yeah, else. Yeah. And, and then, I forgot how and then long, long rolls like... in. Then long rolls in and thinks everyone's having sex with uh, Charby <laughs> slash Wing Chun, and he really flips out. I'm just yeah. like, who yeah, aren't totally. you fucking? <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh man, yeah, so good. But it's like uh. One of my favorite little bits of uh, Donnie's acting is when it finally starts to dawn on him. Unfortunately, the full story doesn't like it doesn't dawn on him, but he at least learns that Michelle's character is a woman. And just the way he kind of plays this like 
reveal is, I don't know, sort of <laughs> innocent. And then he kind of goes off dejected, but has a little bit of almost like a Marx Brothers-y exit that's kind of funny. <laughs> oh, hitting the door. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the bandits come back into town and uh, we get the face off between uh, Wing Chun and, and Flying Chimp. And he has, it reminded me of Executioners from Shaolin, where, like, he can, like, channel his chi to, like, suck in her fist into his stomach or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, um, that becomes, like, the hurdle that she has to overcome to defeat him in the film. But yeah. it's funny, yeah. Um, I don't know what they call it in the dub, but in the original audio, they subtitle it as Cotton Belly. Yeah, Cotton kind of- Belly really interesting thing <laughs> and dude um, he totally smashes up her like yeah Chun training dummy which is mm-hmm. that's tough to see not cool yeah, it's like but, not cool man but he seems to like genuinely like how good she is she, he's yeah. the, like the first person to like really appreciate and take this <laughs> so unfortunately true. he's taking it as a challenge like i'm gonna beat you and then you'll be my woman but it's still like, oh, you're feisty. I like that. Ooh, you're really good at this. Yeah. Oh, beating you is going to be even more fun now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norman Chu looks really great uh, fighting. Actually, we saw him in uh, Tiger on the Beat. Uh, yeah. He was like oh, yeah, kind of yeah. like the lead uh, like triad guy. He didn't actually do any fighting, I don't think. But um, he, he was a villain there and he's a villain here but there's actually something really warm about his face like when you see him <laughs> smile you're like this is a kind of nice guy but he's he's horrible in the movie yeah <laughs> it's not that well he, he ends up doing a lot of things so it's like i was expecting it to be a lot worse in this situation like yeah. he, he comes right. to town to kidnap charmy with, with his whole gang running around just throwing around money saying we're buying wedding gifts for this woman that we're kidnapping <laughs> <laughs> and the villagers like all love it because i guess they like money more than they like charmy even though they all love charmy a second ago but they're like yay spend more money yay abductor this is great <laughs> it's like, i was ready for wing chun to start beating them up too just like what is your problem yeah, yeah for real <laughs> there's some really cool moments in this fight i really like uh when wing chun like tosses all these crates up into the air and then she uses that as a distraction to do like a forward strike against uh flying chimp also this is actually um another thing that you could kind of criticize the film about i guess if you really wanted to is even though this is about wing chun the character wing chun the martial arts style isn't really represented that well in the film it's more of this crazy wild uh, action which is she'll like take the stance yeah so here you finally do get to see some of that she'll do like the wing chun stance and he tries to kick her between the legs but her strength defends that so that's really cool to see here yeah but yeah this kind of gets our kind of next chunk of the the story moving um i really like the tiny little sequence with uh donnie fighting some of the bandits on their way out of the city mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is where i was mentioning the couple kicks that he gets that really look nice on film oh yeah just amazing <laughs> but yeah the bandits do kidnap charmy and and beat up donnie again <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, i didn't even think about that but yeah i don't think he like really wins a single fight in the movie um, not really but we get a little uh like a brief flashback where we see like this is where we learned that like they were really good friends and wing chun does remember who yeah. he is even if he's <laughs> thick as a brick and <laughs> well and that wing chun is kind of carrying this burden she's 
kind of two steps ahead and assuming like, look at, even if he were to know the truth, it doesn't matter. He's actually into this other person. Um, mm. And so you, you sense her trying to almost like push those feelings away. And again, Michelle's just amazing at it. Cause he's like calling out to Wing Chun in his sleep and auntie's like, listen, he wants you. And she's like, no, he doesn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty great stuff. But now they're, they're off to the, to the final boss fight. And, um, <laughs> she, uh, Ling Chun goes off on her own at first, but Lung catches up to her. And that's whenever he finally realizes and figures <laughs> out what's going on. Yep. And we get uh, Wing Chun's backstory about why she learned Kung yeah. Fu. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is like, it's, it's really sad. It's because it's like, you know, a freedom, but a burden that, uh, she was being forced into a marriage and, she, you know, went to a, a kung fu master that, you know, we get to meet later, who says like, well, you know, if you learn kung fu, then you'll get out of this forced marriage, but no one will ever want you ever again. You're you're deciding to die alone if you do this. Right. And well, it's like, it, it introduces. Yeah, that's again, that's, yeah. that's a shitty choice because that's not a choice men have to make. Exactly. You can do both. She's she's a, a modern working woman who yeah. wants it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Well, and I think um, it brings in this concept that like, oh, okay, maybe Wing Chun's like male presenting isn't totally her dream situation. Um, right. And, it just makes it uh, a little easier than having to yeah, explain and why. And kind of, I think, leads to kind of the end of the film when you see kind of like the actualized Wing Chun and the version of that. And it's not, it's not, the kind of image that her father would have for her or other people in the community. Um, but it's really her, she's stepping into like her own identity, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. And also there's a nice moment of, yeah, when Donnie finally figures it out and he's like, Oh good. I'm overjoyed. I found you. And then barfs blood all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep, you're a prize. <laughs> there's some interesting blood gags. I can't remember where it is, but there's one, a moment where I think it's the scholar. He's like bleeding out of one nostril. Yeah. Every time it cuts back yeah, to him, there's more, more blood. blood. <laughs> yeah. Right at the beginning. Yeah. That's so fun. There actually is one of, I think it's a little before this. One of my favorite reaction shots is when uh, he's talking to Auntie Fong and she sets up the whole kind of spider's web trap that he's going to show up at night for, but they, after they talk at the tofu shop, there's just a shot of him turning around looking really happy. And it's like four seconds longer than it should be. <laughs> but I love it. It's so funny. I definitely want to see a gif yeah. of that. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And there's another actually really funny moment coming up where they've got Charmy at the bandit's base. And all the goons are cheering and stuff. And it seems like, oh, no, they're going to like like assault her or something yeah. and there's a moment where they're like make her kiss flying monkey and then he's like they're like now now have him roll around in the bed <laughs> so what happens is they roll on the bed yeah. and you're like oh no he's like assaulting her but then they stop and they get up and there's like a third like almost like a judge <laughs> in this situation <laughs> and he lifts up a, a blanket and you see on this bed that there are all these bananas that are smashed and he says all the bananas are smashed. They're going to have children. <laughs> and it's like this bandit tradition. Yeah. Yeah. And then Flying Monkey slaps. There's some funny like slap slapstick thing. Yeah. Uh, there's one like slap exchange where there's some like innocent bystander who gets the slap. He's like, what did I do? Um, 
but yeah, he's like, oh no, my manhood is gone. Don't yeah. you understand? I can't have children. Yeah. Um, yeah, it falls somewhere in between. Like, uh oh, these uh, these men are going to assault her, and this Snow White and the Seven Dwarves or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Well, I love they're like, oh well, if you can't impregnate her, the rest of us will, and they all oh, like, uh oh, they uh-oh. all gather around, and yeah. I was like, oh, I don't yeah. like this. Yeah. And then both <laughs> flying monkey and flying chimpanzee just like knock everyone out, yeah. and they're like, no. We're going to treat her nice, everybody. She's it's just bait so... anyway. <laughs> yeah. They're Leave like, our focus is Wing Chun. Leave this lady alone. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah, you're the bad guys, but you're not bad guys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So the uh, Wing Chun and Lung uh, sneak in to the, to, the, to the enemy base. Oh, dude, the dude sleeping with oh, his yeah, eyes Yeah, that's open. a great one. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um. And then them, because uh, to kind of, I guess, get over that they don't get to assault a woman, they all get really, really <laughs> drunk. So whenever, like, two of the guards that are there think that the, the dummies are moving, but it's just Lung and Wing Chun walking around with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sound the alarm. Yep. Great action sequence here. We have some more of that, like, Michelle against the world kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then we get the champion spear. Just I think uh, my, my second oh, yeah. favorite action scene in this movie uh, tofu fight and then champion spear for me oh man oh great oh yeah. i totally hear you yeah <laughs> yeah they have this i di- love gigantic how... spear that's like uses like a platform and stuff throughout and they just do all these kind of crazy fun things with it mm-hmm. yeah again just ingenious and there's something that we've seen before like if you can do <clears throat> such and such in three moves then you win or whatever mm-hmm. um but I love that there's like this kind of thematic brilliance of just how Wing Chun wins, which is mm-hmm. it's like this Tai Chi concept of using your opponent's energy against you. And it's awesome because we see ultimately that she really is the better fighter physically, but we also see that she's smarter than him as well. Yep. I love the, the the little detail of when that spear is brought into the frame there are like four of the bandits that yeah. have to carry it out like showing that this almost feels like a weighs. mel brooksy kind of <laughs> yeah but yeah they're fighting on the spear they're doing this gymnastics around the spear she tries to pull it out and then figures uh, i can just kick it right through the wall mm-hmm. it's out now yeah i yep. went on you know Te- technical KO, and I love that all the bandits cheer for her and flying yeah, champions. Yeah, so it's all like chimpanzees. It's like, hey, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are a couple fighting game moments for me too. So there's a moment when flying chimpanzee basically does like hurricane kick from Street Fighter. You're right. And yeah. then there's also a moment when uh, Wing Chun does like Chun Li's spinning bird kick yeah, flying up yeah, towards yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. But uh, so this fight, you know, he says, oh. You know, you you got me, but uh, three days from now we're gonna fight again. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> okay, I guess we gotta fight again. Yeah. That's two out of uh, three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they make their way out, but then you see that Wing Chun has has actually suffered uh, yeah. internal injury because of this fight. So she's this is kind of like the. It's not as extreme as in other kung fu films, but it's like. I have to overcome this yeah, uh, challenger. So no, yeah, either I have to look within myself or I have to learn from a master to find a new technique to defeat my opponent. Mm-hmm. Well, and also now that Charmy has come back into the picture, 
whatever relationship she and Donnie were sort of rebuilding feels like it might just be gone. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not as though Donnie's expressing that, but I, yeah, I like, there's actually a lot of subtlety in the, in the acting here where you, where you wouldn't expect it. But yeah, this is where we get into um, the Cheng Pepe uh, sequence and damn, she's just so awesome. Mm-hmm. She just has like so much weight and, yeah, the frame. I don't know what it is. Yeah, and it, it's a shame that we don't get to see much more of her in the movie. But I'm sure this for for Hong Kong audiences that were really into this, it it was like a oh hey whoa hey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I had a double whoa hey at first, like her master's a woman, and then I'm like oh wait it's Jade Fox from Crouching Tiger. <laughs> yeah, really fun. Yeah, and she's well, really like good the... at smashing those walnuts. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. for yeah. Real. I like too that there's this concept like she's teaching her a lesson, but the this point of the lesson isn't immediately apparent, and that's always cool. I like the lesson <laughs> is you should get married. I was like, what? I thought that was <laughs> like the opposite of of the whole thing, but then it, it it has a has a payoff later. Yeah, yeah. It's still I feel like it was the yeah. It's not all or nothing. Mm-hmm. You, you can do it all. Yeah. You're you're a modern woman. Yeah, exactly. The Qing I'm... Dynasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome point. Oh, and also, uh, Auntie and Wong decide that they should get married because they realize the other one is rich. Hey, yeah, <laughs> which is so. such a goofy payoff for that. Yeah. That cartoony shot where he like does this like snap cut to the abacus like in frame, <laughs> like in a close up, and then he's like, "Yeah, it's." Pretty. And this is, I think, isn't this also where Auntie kind of reveals like, "No, you had sex with me, you idiot, mm-hmm. when I tricked you." Because it's yep. the shoe, right? As he yeah. like, left his shoe as a memento. <laughs> yeah, that sort of works. <laughs> also, there's like a this tiny little kind of a scenery chewing role of this like uh, nun from the temple who's like delivering news um, right i had to look her up because i'm like this seems like it's almost yeah, like a cameo or that's what something I was thinking too. because they give her a lot of time but no she's just a bit player but i guess yeah, in the commentary they mentioned that it's like maybe she was like related to someone or connected to some because they um she doesn't apparently have much of a film career outside of this role, but yeah, it feels like this is supposed to be some some big cameo. But I, I feel like I feel like, like this, a contest or something. <laughs> I feel like this feels like maybe they wrote it for like Fatty Shoom or something like that. Like this feels oh. like a thing that she would be in for like a half a second, and then gotcha, and, then and that fell but, through or something. Yeah. Mm. Right, oh, that's interesting. But yeah, so she has. Um, Two messages, basically, like a written message for Auntie, and then she whispers Wing Chun's message um, into Donnie's ear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cute. Yeah. And then the, the two of them meet back up and <laughs> definitely get on at one point because <laughs> they're like oh, awkwardly. They're so nervous. They're so, yeah, they're so cute. They're like <laughs> yeah. awkwardly sitting next to each other and like inching their And like feet. twiddling their thumbs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like that. And they do. And do Donnie's hat or head scarf or whatever. It's so cute. It is, and they do the um. What movie was Executioners it? From was that Shaolin. Executioners from Shaolin? Yeah. Okay, uh, with the whole like if you can pull my legs apart can... thing. But okay, I couldn't remember which other movie that happened in. So okay. that's like what passes for consent and yeah. like come through logic. Yikes. <laughs> I just called it the super knee attack. I love that. It's like oh, I he, love that. he he put his hand on her knee and she just crushed it with her other yeah. knee. And yep. like, but yeah, yeah, it's funny because in Executioners from Shaolin, that's also kind of telling a sort of Wing Chun origin story. Um, yeah, for with sure. that character. So it, 
I don't know if there's some kind of maybe that's some legend. If or that something. was part of the myth too, that well, if you want Winchen... me to extend oh, our yeah, episode boy, by forty minutes, I can tell you. <laughs> you got you got five. <laughs> no, well, actually, I was, uh, I, and maybe our listeners have already heard this on the recording, but I'm preparing a little Carlos classic. Oh corner. yeah, that's right, and an homage to Diana right mm-hmm. here. <laughs> oh, thank you. So you'll hear a little bit of that history in that. Segment. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, okay, great, cool, cool. <laughs> But yeah, so now I think we're kind of set up for the finale proper, which is mostly in the form of this like one-on-one fight, Mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, kind of what we want. And this was a scene, um, uh, this could be argued like story-wise, the only time that Donnie is kind of victorious, Mm -hmm. but we don't. We don't see a, a sequence, and oh sure, I, I guess there was a plan for there to be the sequence of Donnie kind of kicking butt for all of all the kicking the butts of all these dudes, and Donnie uh, said, "Oh, let's just do it as this gag." And I think that story is meant to kind of indicate the the friction, but yeah, it seems like it's maybe kind of like a you know under the surface uh, sort of friction. Again, if there's this sort of worm tongue person. Turning Donnie against the Ewan brothers, who knows? Maybe he just had kind of soured on mm-hmm. the idea. But. Uh, purple monkey dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but I I like that it you know leaves the focus on Wing Chun here. So, yeah, hundred um, percent. She shows up and actually, you could argue, you know, confident in her womanhood just as much as her being a martial artist. So yeah. she's not dressed as a man anymore. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, I'm going to look pretty and I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> when it's like you were saying, Diana, she's like, can have it all mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And she has these awesome, the the butterfly knives, like the, the dual blades and fights right. the, the a, giant sphere. The two, and that is like a Wing Chun that, Yeah, that's weapon, a Wing Chun weapon. Because right? it's, again, Wing right. Chun's all about like speed and, you know, yeah. using your opponents against them instead of just sheer strength, which he's the, using they, the they, giant they sphere. So. Yeah. <laughs> they illustrate that so beautifully when we... Um, she kind of intentionally brings him into this little shack and shows like the limits of mm-hmm. the spear. Cause mm-hmm. I think he says something like, Oh yeah. The longer, the better. I yeah. think it's like his little maxim. And ultimately she says something like uh, one inch closer, one inch more dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the literal translation. I think it's sometimes like the shorter, the sharper or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw that in the subtitles. Yeah. The, the fight here, you can kind of see how, uh, it is Wing Chun weapons represented. So we've got the butterfly swords and we've also got this staff, which uh, with Wing Chun, there's the six point staff, which is like a big, huge bow staff. And this isn't exactly that, but you can see that uh, it kind of represents these two main weapons of the style fighting each other. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the fight ends with kind of, I like, I like it whenever Kung Fu movies end with like, instead of just, all the bad guys are dead. It ends with the <laughs> like, like they kind of come to an understanding. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, they had a deal. Like, well, what does she mm-hmm. get if she wins? Like, if yeah. he wins, mm-hmm. uh, she's gonna marry him. And she says, "Well, if if I win, you all have to call me mom and respect me." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. <laughs> she she defeats him, and they're all like, "Oh no!" And she's like, "Respect your mother." Long live mother. Long live mother. Hey now, boys, listen. Long live I want you to go straight. Right. We will. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, turn away from crime." And, she's like, "All right, yeah. everyone, you're be good now." And yeah, I love the even flying chimpanzee. And it's just like 
don't you dare disrespect your mother. Like, Flying Monkey tries to get a pot shot yeah, at her. Totally. And he's like, oh, mother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, it has this kind of like old school um, theater musical sort of vibe um, mm-hmm. where we kind of rollick into a pretty, pretty happy ending. And also, yeah. something that we talk about on the podcast a lot is just how frequently kung fu films end abruptly, kind of like, you know, like a North by Northwest ending, like, boom, <laughs> it's over now, um, usually with the freeze frame. We actually get some proper, like, falling action here, which is yeah, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's, <laughs> um, so we've mentioned Donnie Yen's mother, who is a wushu champion in her own right. Apparently oh. in one of her books, like a memoir, she has some photos of her son. And one of the only photos from one of his films is this photo of he and Michelle like preparing for their wedding. So it's like, <laughs> is that something she wished happened? Or? Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> see well, see how thought... nice it looks when you get married to a nice girl. Uh, yeah, I love that, you know, he's been outside the fort for this whole fight. And then when she comes out, he's, he's seriously, it's like the end of Rocky and he's Adrian. Yeah, something like totally, that where yeah. like he's like the little girlfriend who's like i'm so proud of you yeah. good job i love you. oh good uh, job and he's like he's yeah. just sort of really cuddling yeah. like oh and like all good the job. more powerful that it's like one of the legends of like screen fighting in mm-hmm. that role you know um yeah it's yeah it's just it's just great. And then, yeah, our final scene, we actually get to see her sister and her dad and this brother-in-law guy, I guess, uh, back <laughs> back in the picture. Um, tiny little scene and auntie and scholar, I guess, are kind of going strong. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. I mean, speaking times. of musicals, it ends with basically the same gag as the uh, Doris Day Calamity Jane from 1953. Oh my gosh, Calamity Jane is one of my favorite movies. Oh God, which is like the not feminist version yeah, of this. Yeah. Um, where it's really, you should change yourself for a man. <laughs> um, but where it's like, okay, well we're married and I'm just in a dress and everything's fine. And then she like, you know, wire foos her way onto the horse and he's like, honey, you're supposed to be feminine. And she's sort of like, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I do it my way. Yeah. yeah. In the end of Calamity Jane is basically the same thing, except it's like, do you have guns on you still? And she's like, oh, <laughs> give me my guns. <laughs> oh, you. Oh, guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's who I was thinking of. Like, yeah, Howard Keel, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. the actor? Like, he, yeah. could, he could be the main villain of this movie, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, and he was in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yeah, brought up earlier. Yeah, totally. yeah. But yeah, that's <sighs> Wing Chun, nineteen ninety four. Love yeah, it. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. It definitely was a uh, uh, one I one I hadn't seen when we had talked about doing for a while. So I was definitely excited to do this, and definitely very thankful to do this with you, Diana. So thank you so much oh, for joining thank us. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, God, yeah, I'm really yeah. glad I got to finally talk about this somewhere. Because that's one of those things <laughs> doing thirty twenty ten is like because we're doing this week, but twenty years ago stuff like that where it's like i think Four like oh years. when are we gonna talk about blank and then i see it's like 2003 and i'm like oh yeah. sit on my hands <laughs> or come so, up with some way to bring it up yeah. if you if you'll indulge me i have some quiz questions to ask oh, you guys boy. oh okay <laughs> all right <laughs> Don't worry. This is just like I said. It's just an excuse for me to have it's, it's, bad jokes. It's a way for yeah. It's a way for Carlos to shine on his uh, comedy <laughs> career. <laughs> I actually only have 
three questions. Oh no. Two of them are are dumb. <laughs> okay, so um can you name the two primary weapon forms of Wing Chun? Oh, uh, the six point staff and the butterfly knives. So that was like an easy one. That's cool. the real question. Mm, yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fun ones. If you're in a room full of wild 10-year-old boys and need <laughs> to get their attention, what Hong Kong businessman's name could you yell out loud for guaranteed success? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think it's Dixon Poon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude. That good grab. I, I looked it up, too. It's not even Dixon, D-I-X-O-N. It's Dixon. Nope. Yes. Nope. How great Dixon. is that? Oh, man. Okay, good job. Okay, so last question. This martial arts political drama pit veteran actors Martin Sheen and Alan Alda against each other during the Qing Dynasty as they fought to lead their parties as grandmasters. You're making winning Aaron well, Sorkin yeah, a Golden a Horse Award when it debuted in 1999. Okay, it's probably a Oh, it's a play on the West Wing. Okay, what the West Wing? The West Wing Chun. Yes. Ah, great. Oh, thank you. You guys are great. <laughs> Thanks for letting me waste your time. No, you're good. <laughs> Dude, Aaron Sorkin, Yun Wu Ping, walk in the fight. Oh, that man. Would be, what would that look like? <laughs> that would be insane. Expository oh dialogue. You'd have to watch it at half speed. Yeah, that would be so hard because there's so much dialogue to try to cover <laughs> and do it like all snappy, fast, powder like. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Man. Now I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah. So, Diana, can you uh, mm-hmm. uh, talk about yourself a little bit? Give us some plugs since you're our guest today. Uh, sure. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or listen to 302010, the weekly podcast about movies, TV, whatever, from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago this exact week. Uh, beat all your friends to the anniversaries on Twitter. And um, uh, what else? And uh, wear a goddamn mask. Yeah, 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 wear a mask. Yes, yeah, Yeah. wear a mask if you're going out. It's the least you can do. It's not that bad. Yeah, I've been thinking about ninjas a lot lately. We haven't covered ninjas (laughs) on the show, so oh, dude, Iron actually, Iron Monkey would be a great COVID mask movie. (laughs) Yeah, I saw a cool meme where it was like, uh, yeah, Batman is the wrong superhero for these times because his Uh, mask is in the wrong place. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, if if you really want to punish yourself, you could watch some of those Godfrey Ho ninja movies. Oh, yeah. you know what's great is my buy my... up those Asian movies and then like cut recut them together with some ninja footage in them for no reason. Yes, <laughs> yeah. My friend sent me a text. He's like, "Hey, are you can I can I drop something off for you?" And I was like, "I'm at work." And he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna just leave them at your side door." And when I got home, there was literally like a stack of like eight Godfrey Ho VHS tapes that he found in like a flea market. I'm like, what? (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. Oh, my husband and I discovered those many years ago when we worked uh, nights. So we get off work at like 1 a.m. And for some reason or another, we were watching like Telemundo, one of the Spanish stations. Oh, sure. And they had one of those on. So it was in Spanish on top of everything. With all the ninjas in like pink suits with a, a bandana that says ninja on it. <laughs> That's so great. And they, mis- they, they mistranslated the title to Ninja Strike with Force instead of Ninja Strike Force. 
Oh, awesome. Wow. Awesome. I love that movie now. That's great. <laughs> I, I want to be well, a pink ninja. There was the Spanish version right there. Ninjas nice. golpea con fuerza. Perfect. Fuerza. Right. Well, anyway. thank you so much for <laughs> thank you so much for checking out our show. Um if you like the show, then you lose a review on whatever you're listening to this on. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number Three Podcast on all three of them. So, Carlos, who I'm very excited for this next one. Carlos, what is our training for next week? So, we're continuing looking at awesome ladies kicking ass. So, uh, we uh, talked about Etsuko Shihomi and the Japan Action Club a bit last time. We actually covered an episode of Jaka Dengekitai, which is like a tokusatsu Japanese hero show that featured her. And uh, this film is from 1973. It's called uh, The Great Chase. And it's 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 insane. There are more than... It's like two, uh, three scenes that I actually said what out loud <laughs> while, while we watched it. So I am so excited for us to check out this film. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Dude, can't wait. Cool. Well, until next week where we're taking a look at The Great Chase, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.